0: joker starring joaquin phoenix we break down all the madness surrounding the movie and we give our take on it and then we delve into another movie that takes place in the realm of breaking bad after the show after the series el camino and then with our birthdays just passing in this fine month of october we reflect a little bit Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging With Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rix Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging With Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised, go on over to Twitter, Follow us at Hanging With Apes. Go on over to our website. That's HangingWithApes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop music, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. Streaming platform. Mm -hmm. Truly is the best. Yeah, yeah. And now with Apple, all you can do is stream music because today was announced that iTunes is gone. No more iTunes. So you can't buy music from Apple anymore. You can only stream it through Apple Music. How times have
1: changed. Right. It used to be the way of the future and now it's obsolete and streaming is taking over. Yeah, like the app store is there, and then what's the
0: date for the iTunes store to be pretty much done with? I'm um, from what I understand, it's done now. It's over with. Damn iTunes, not the app store iTunes. So you can't buy music from Apple anymore. Damn. For I don't even for like the last few months, I haven't even seen a way to really access iTunes. They still well, they still have the app, but
1: I mean, I would imagine so- that it's. Like, I guess, take it or leave it. Like, like they're promoting the, the three free months of Apple Music. So, I'm guessing they kind of...
0: So, yeah, maybe... Who knows? Maybe what they prepare. have on there now will stay. And then, like, later on. You know what I'm saying?
1: I don't know. They're really heavily, like, pushing that Apple Music, though. Because remember, when they bought... Um, Wasn't it Beats Music or something like that? Yeah. Because
0: Beats was uh, its own streaming service. Yeah. Did, they took that off, right? It, it yeah. Exist anymore. They, they integrated it with Apple Music.
1: Yeah. So, so this one, it, it's kind of like, I, I think what they're doing is they're like, well, you know, this is the end. Uh, push, push, push. And then all of a sudden just kind of probably the next update, it'll be done and over with which
0: they've done pretty well by and large because if i'm not mistaken they're right under spotify for the top spot yeah streaming service which
1: is a huge feat because spotify is huge
0: and spotify they're all they do is that that's their thing apple you know they have the phone they have watches they have tablets they have computers and then to have a streaming service that's like a competitor that's it's pretty solid stuff Pretty solid stuff. So I'm gonna miss you. Not really. The Joker, Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix. We saw it with our friends the other day. Yeah. What'd you think? Excuse me. I loved it. I
1: loved it, and I like because some people they did they didn't like the fact that it was uh it was similar. To Taxi Driver and The Comedian. And my whole thing was watching those movies in preparation of this movie. I didn't want to... I wanted the movie to be its own movie. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it had its own identity. It did take here and there. But I mean, it's, it's movie making, you know? It's just like in music and in film and in all various forms of media. There, you're always inspired by something. So I did feel that it was inspired Mm-hmm. by those movies, but it didn't copy those movies. No. And no. and because uh, I, I did see that a couple people, that that was their Some people's gripes, they were like, oh, it was too close to... Ta-. No, I wouldn't say that. Is it better than Taxi Driver? That's arguable. I might lean towards Taxi Driver.
0: Yeah, I, I think if... For me, I would lean more towards Joker, but that's because... I'm such a huge Batman fan, so yeah. like it it means more to me, yeah, um, and I mean, from a technical level, it's about the same, which I mean is a huge feat for Todd Phillips, oh hell, yeah, and act and there. then a performance wise I was. I would maybe give the edge to Joker. I think. I think Joker is a harder performance. I mean, not yeah. to say that Robert De Niro didn't do his thing in Taxi Driver, but
1: I would give Joaquin Phoenix the edge on that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Especially too, like uh, Robert De Niro was going in as an original character, whereas with the Joker, there's so many different renditions. It's like getting the right Hell tone. yeah! You know, yeah
0: that that's a tough feat, and then. And then yeah. to be thrown in the caliber of of Nicholson and and uh, Heath Ledger, yeah, that's that's tough. And he goes hand in hand with Heath
1: Ledger, to me.
0: You liking the movie Joker? Um, mm-hmm. Writer Jeff Yang thinks this about you, and I just want you to know. He says the true appeal of the new Joker movie lies in its invidious validation. Of the white male resentment that helped bring President Trump to power, so I just want you to know that that's God. what <laughs> Jeff Yang thinks about you,
1: Jeff Yang. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I, what a reach. <laughs> At this point, it becomes like you just want—is this clickbait? You know, did you see the one that I retweeted a couple weeks ago about Trumpism or some shit, Trumpian world? <laughs> no, I did. Oh God, I, I got to read this to you because now that now that you pissed me off, <laughs> it's time for me to return the favor to you. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Should have been the last one. Okay, here it is. And and my comment on it was this: is clickbait, Hall of Fame worthy. The notion. Okay, first, uh, it was the Daily Beast okay. that tweeted this. The notion that Joker could inspire a real world shooter is not only Trumpian. But has little basis in scientific fact. Psychologists have studied the link between violent media and real-world violence for decades. The results have been inconclusive. Which that's true, but Trumpian? <laughs> really? Like you have to. So I feel a lot of this is clickbaitish. Mm-hmm. Like oh, how how can I involve Trump with this? And then part of it too stems from a theme that we can't seem to get past because some way, shape, or form it's just thrown in our face. Which is identity politics, and in order to keep that shit alive, you're gonna you gotta have tweets like the one that you just you know sent me. And all they told did me about.
0: the 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 woke mob and social justice warriors all they seem to do is make people want to see the movie more because as of right now, it has the biggest opening the record for the visit, the biggest opening in October. Yeah. Like it's making blockbuster money in Oscar season,
1: and it's rated R. Which is you know you're you're doing comic book numbers, on a rated R level. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing, especially the type of film that it
0: is. And across the board, people are loving it. Yeah. Well, not people. Yeah, yeah, the audience, the audience, I should say.
1: Which you're starting to see this more and more is the audience has a different view from the critics, which goes back to the Dave Chappelle.
0: But before, yeah, effect. but before I noticed that the audience was wrong about things like in the past, I leaned more towards what the critics said about it yeah. before we got into the age of, of the Obamas and the Trumps and everybody is so fucking sensitive and you can talk about this in a movie, but you can't talk about that before all of that nonsense. Yeah. Critics were actually a, a pretty trustworthy source for me. Like I would go, you know, but I started to see the change little by little. And I remember you and I had a conversation last year around this time, if I'm not mistaken, about Sicario Two. Yes. And, and I remember like, okay, yes, it was not as good as the first one. But like they're bashing this movie like it's like a complete and utter piece of shit, and it's not. It's it's not as good as the first one. I give you that. Yeah. But like you guys are making this shit seem like it's fucking uh, uh like a J Lo movie or yeah. some shit like some shit starring J Lo. You know what I'm saying? And and it it's not. <laughs> but then but then you look at why they were bashing it, and it all oh, because of the border crisis and this and that. It was all political like on some oh we shouldn't be talking about this movies at this time in history shouldn't be having these sort of ideas in it it's like but that has nothing to do with good filmmaking that has nothing to do with a movie being good or not yeah and and that was the first really really big clear-cut example of of what was to come and I, I remember being a little bit scared about that I'm like man critics are not going to be very credible going forward if they no. continue with this and lo and behold here we are Joker Where probably are the best movie i've seen this year cuz i would give i would give the edge to joker over once upon a time in hollywood yeah o- i would too overall and you know a lot of critics are bashing the movie as it currently stands i agree
1: the Joker is the best film I've watched. Obviously, you can't watch this them all. year, yeah, this year, and uh, that says something. Now, I want to ask you this: Do you think because the, the critics are uh, on the fence about it because it, it's not it's not as terrible as like the Dave Chappelle stand up where it's like very evident, but it is evident nonetheless? Do you think that this will hurt its Oscar chances going forward?
0: I thought about this the other day and if I was the program director of the academy as it currently stands, unless something in between between now and the time that that the the awards are comes out, that is like, you know, groundbreaking I would tell the Academy that we absolutely have to make this movie the best picture and he absolutely has to win best actor because we're on the verge of losing like audience forever because like they are they're they already don't fuck with us. Like the the people like I get the Hollywood types and and like this world, this uh this bubble, this echo chamber, I get that they fuck with us. But the people, like when when like the Oscars were a thing and people were actually throwing like Oscar parties and like they cared about this shit. Yeah. Nah, no, they like they don't they don't give a fuck about it anymore because they know what what they're on. Like I remember yeah. when uh what was that the 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 movie about the bitch that fucks the fish the the Shape of Water. Yeah. When, yeah. when that shit started popping off and people were like, what the fuck, like. And like just so repulsed by everything that was going on, and then the whole Kevin Hart thing, and everything like that. Yeah, like if if you're in in a in a place where you want to actually survive and you're somewhat self aware, I would definitely make this like the thing because yes, it would garner controversy, but at the same time, it would give people like me and you and and every a- everyday regular people a sense of okay, well. Maybe their heads are up their asses, but not so far up their asses that they don't, like, have some idea of what's still going on. Yeah. Do I think that'll happen? No, I don't. But I I do wonder how far the entertainment industry is going to push this stuff. Because money talks and bullshit walks and, like, this shit. And and at the end of the day, yes, you want to be political and you care about fucking uh 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 saving the world and 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 the fucking um climate change and all your little causes but at the end of the day all you people are about money this is all you really care about and that's fine i'm not knocking for that but money talks and bullshit walks so if you're having something that clearly is oscar worthy and it's raking in this much money yeah I mean, I don't see in a in a logical world how you say no to that, even if it goes against everything you believe in politically. Yeah, you know what I'm saying.
1: And and maybe even if they snub the film, there's one thing that's undeniable: is Joaquin Phoenix had a hell of a performance. I feel that the movie should be considered for film of the year. But you can't. There's certain things you really can't overlook.
0: That was a hell of a performance. Well, you you i i'll never say there's certain things you can't overlook because we've got to remember this is the same academy that didn't even nominate dicaprio for django Unchained and the same academy that didn't even nominate the dark knight for best picture so we got to remember who we're dealing with here so you saying oh there's certain things you can't overlook well according to them there are and so and so you have to remember (laughs) that like these people like they've done that before, so you know. I, right, I agree. In in give up. in a in a sane world, yes, no, you should not overlook, dude. But it, it is quite possible. I mean,
1: and and I mean, obviously, this has to be spoiler free because the movie is relatively new. But the little nuances, I mean, God, damn. And, and I can't say that I was surprised because we are movie buffs and we know Joaquin Phoenix we know about him a lot of the mainstream might not be very familiar with him but like but still no matter how good an actor is like there's certain nuances that is just like when he laughed you could you could feel the pain
0: yeah 100% but, you know
1: what i mean like it's it's just like little nuances that man
0: what's wild also he, what just, he just aced it about the the movie is aside from us having high hopes in joaquin phoenix we also were pretty excited and optimistic about the idea of todd phillips directing it from from the get-go we were never naysayers like a no. lot of people were about him one because we have this philosophy about comedic people taking on serious dark material and it seems to do good at least you know in, in in current times it's it's been a trend that they do really well with this sort of material but then also if you look at old school road trip and the first hangover those are pretty well-directed movies. Yeah. Like, you know, like you take away the comedy and everything like, like from a technical aspect, yeah. they're pretty well-directed. You know what I'm saying? Like I like to this day, road trip is one of my favorites. Like I, and if that's a movie that has so much replay value, old school and, and hangover, I'll watch them. But like yeah. road trip is one of those movies that if it's on, I'm watching it. Like I'm just, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's sitting down and I'm watching it. It is what it is. So, that, there's something to be said about that.
1: Yeah, and and um, just knowing, like you said, going over the list of, of the different people in comedy that, that have kind of had their hand in, in, in the drama or dark material or even horror, you're seeing something that actually doesn't really even come as a surprise when you start thinking about it because, like, the funniest the funniest motherfuckers are like they take dark ass material already yeah. right and they make it where you could laugh at it because yeah. that's what re- that's what a comedian is that's what being lighthearted really is it's like in a world where bad shit happens i mean you you laugh at some of this stuff or at least you you take it as is and 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 you know hey whatever we we can move past this and i feel that what they're doing is is they're taking the material and then they're just really honing in on that dark, which is something that they, I, I would assume, come face to face with yeah. quite often, more often than not.
0: Like When we were talking about th- this before, before we had seen the movie and we were talking about it in the episode, my whole theory with it was that in order to come up with the humorous material, you have to delve into the darkness... Get familiar with it, wrestle it, do whatever you do with it, and then after you more or less defeat it, drag its body to the light. Like that's kind of like what you're doing, and then that's where you find comedy. I think, but but these guys that are so used to delving into the darkness, finding it and wrestling with it, this is their version of, okay, well now, now that I'm wrestling with it, I'm not going to take it to the light. I'm going to stay here for a while and see what I can produce, what I can create. Yeah. And I think that's what that is. And... had good themes, too. Oh, yeah. That's what I wanted to get into next. Like the
1: politics, the have and have-nots. You brought up a very good point about Thomas Wayne. He was seen in a, I think, more realistic light, in my opinion. Yeah. For for a New York, you know, tycoon, uh, CEO-type, and then in this in this uh, yeah, realm, he was like a politician in
0: that time, and in that era, and the seventies, yeah. I don't see a guy becoming that successful
1: without some in toughness. a
0: major metropolitan city and not having like tough, thick ass skin. Like I don't the the version of Thomas Wayne that we've become familiar with in the past, you know, cool and all that, but like a lot softer. Yeah. A lot softer, and and you, it, it did always make me wonder if Alfred was the strongest like male figure in 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 Bruce Wayne's life. Yeah. But in this, you see that no, it, like his for the the short time that he did have his father in his life, this you know this t- guy was a tough dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And even even in even in damn, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. But even. There's certain
1: things I really badly want to go over that I don't yeah, want. Yeah, to-
0: but but there without spoiling it or saying too much, it, there's a scene that's pretty climactic where he does something that in in that in this version of well, I mean I don't think this is much of a spoiler because like anybody that knows the Batman story knows that Bruce Wayne's parents get killed, so I don't think that that's too oh, much no. of a spoiler. In this version of it, in this version and well, this might be a spoiler, so you know, uh, maybe skip the next fifteen seconds. In this version of it, he actually gets in front of them. Do you notice physically? Yeah. yeah. Like, like I'm um, obviously he can't save them, but like you never see that in another version where like he's like on some get behind me type shit. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, I found that interesting. So they yeah. did this version a little bit different. And another thing too, it was interesting because there's a scene of a very brief scene with what you assume is Alfred. I assume that it was Alfred. Yeah. I you don't you don't know. They don't actually say his name. Yeah. But you assume. And in the Dark Knight series, and in 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 the Dark Knight trilogy, and in a lot of like uh, like different uh, stories of Batman, Alfred in his youth was kind of. Like a, a a badass guy, like like okay. he was like a, a soldier and and all of that, and so I was in in this scene like where where something happens. There's like a physical altercation. I was wondering like I was one waiting to see if Alfred would do something, not like get busy or anything, but do like yeah. a technique or something. Yeah, because I was like, this is the type of dude that does it. But but then at the same time I'm thinking, well, maybe this is a different version of yeah. it. Like if we're if Alfred has always kind of been like a, a a tougher dude than like in this version maybe he's the more wise guy and the dad was the tougher you know yeah. so the you know they could always they could always mix that stuff up but uh it's just being a batman fan and being so familiar with the the source material you look at into it and you wonder okay how are they gonna do this how are they yeah. gonna do that another thing that i was looking for throughout the course of the movie was like some sort of uh Jim Gordon reference, not like as a cop or anything. Yeah, he
1: wasn't. He wasn't. I
0: I, I thought because like, he would he would still probably be too young to be a cop in, in that time frame. So I was thinking, even if like he was like a paper boy or something, just something yeah. like a little reference, you know, <laughs> yeah. that would have been that would have been cool. But there's nothing. That, I mean, it's not. Those things don't make or break the movie, but those like as a fan going into you like look for like little things that are little that, clues, like little kind of badass and, and stuff like that.
1: Easter eggs, yeah. I thought the seventies really matched the the theme of the movie, and then also the fact that uh, they even touched a little bit on the deinstitutionalization, like where like oh, I, I'm not gonna be able to see you when it
0: comes to the shrink. Yeah, they're cutting funding to all these things yeah. and whatnot which which
1: I I found pretty interesting having read up on on stuff like that. And I mean overall um and and this is the part where I I can't get too into detail cuz people got to watch the movie but it does make you think about like what what was in his head or what was real? Maybe everything is real, maybe it's not cuz you what you do gather is that like he's slowly losing his mind. Yeah. As the movie goes on, and uh he's not very reliable in that sense, because like there are moments where you're like, Oh, this is what's happening. oh, not really, you mm-hmm. know? So you kinda see how his mind works. And that was actually badass because it kinda reminded me of uh Christian Bale's machinist. When like remember when he he starts fucking losing his shit, yeah. He doesn't know what's real, what isn't. Yeah. So yeah, overall, I just Loved it. I loved his performance. I loved the way they did the characters. It was a little different things here and there that worked. And another thing too, it was really, really grounded. I think it was more a lot more grounded than than even like the Dark Knight movies, which I felt were already very grounded for a superhero movie.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you can definitely do that with a character like this. Yeah. one hundred percent Where do you rank while King Phoenix is Joker, with with all the other Jokers. So let, this is what let, let's let's do something real quick, little activity. So I saw this YouTube. This is not an original idea. I saw this YouTube video off of one of the one of the pages that I uh, the channels that I follow on on YouTube. This guy uh, he ranked five Jokers. So he ranked Cesar Romero as Joker. He ranked Jared Leto. He ranked Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger, and Joaquin Phoenix. So take- I think
1: the cartoon Joker in the animated series is already better than Jack Napier.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: in my opinion, yes.
0: Okay. But so, I, we, all right, well, then with, do your own, d- yeah. then do your own five then.
1: So, so my number one is still Heath. Fuck. Uh, then after that, it would be Joaquin Phoenix's. Then after that it would be uh, the cartoon, the animated series Joker. So that's already three. And then I would probably do Jack Napier then. And I'm trying to think of I'm not as familiar with the with the Cesar Romero one because that was like
0: the bat the the show, the, the show, yeah. <laughs>
1: I know it was obviously way more lighthearted. Yeah. But, but I, I never really got into that. Like, w- when I was a little kid, the animated series was the one that was, like, dark, you know? Yeah. And I remember that Joker. That shit was classic. So, I mean, I would by default, I would say, I mean, is there any other rendition? Jared Leto. Oh, oh God. I, I'm
0: pretty sure I like Cesar Romero <laughs> better than fucking Jared Leto. And, <laughs> and I don't blame Jared Leto. No, no, it's funny because anybody that knows about movies... Knows and they always have that disclaimer you don't blame Jared Leto because yeah. you know he's a great actor, yeah. you know he's capable. It's just that that shit was written god awful, yeah. And, and that's why
1: I hate even saying his name. You don't want to fault him, yeah. I don't want to fault him, and I don't want fault like because even like after that, after we watched the movie, I saw that that picture, yeah. With, who sent uh,
0: that? Donnell did or so uh, it,
1: it was me, but uh, I didn't originally come up with it. I saw it on, online, I uh, thought I found it hilarious. It was Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's Joker. Well, it's like a picture of like little kids and laughing like laughing at
0: one kid, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like they they pasted the picture of like uh Jack Nicholson's Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker and Joaquin Phoenix's laughing at Jared Leto's Joker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna tweet that shit just so people can see that, but it was like it was hilarious, but yeah, I can't I can't fuck with that. And again, I don't blame it on the guy and I feel bad even saying his name, but oh well, shit happens. I mean, you really don't have control as an actor. You do have control in taking on the role and who you're working with, because obviously, like for example, I don't think Joaquin Phoenix would have ever even entertained the Jared Letter letter, the Jared Leto Joker, the script. Hell you see what nah. I'm saying?
0: Hell no. Nah.
1: And, and like for example, if if like let's say, I mean, this would never. Um, you never know. But Leonardo DiCaprio, if he was ever slated to do the Joker, he would have never taking the Jared Leto Joker nah. either there's like certain actors that you know that they're very picky they need to be really intrigued honestly
0: the fact that like uh what's the name Uh David Ayer even was directing the movie I think would have took huh. uh, uh, DiCaprio and Phoenix out of the, like yeah no we're good <laughs> yeah cause I mean David Ayer is not a bad director but he's he's just not the type of director that guys like that work with yeah. it just it just doesn't there's no cohesiveness between the two now, um the joker
1: in the new what's it called the new version like now that was kind of inspired by the uh the, the in dark the comic, knight
0: it's like the i forget the
1: i actually bought the whole the new 52 fr- the new 52 he is
0: pretty interesting too yeah where his like face stapled to, yeah yeah they they i guess they try to do that in the gotham show they like use that joker i've seen some bits from that that guy he yeah. Was it? It's not bad.
1: Yeah, like I, 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 I would
0: never got into Gotham. So yeah, I never got into the show either. Um, but yeah, like excluding him, my list would be. Um, I'd go. The Caesar Romero Joker. As five, okay. four would be the cartoon Joker. From the animated series three jack nicholson's joker fourth joaquin phoenix and and five heath ledger and i give heath ledger the edge because performance wise i would say they're very close or maybe even performance wise give the edge to joaquin phoenix but there's nothing quite like seeing Joker interact with Batman. Like, uh, despite yeah. everything that's cool and plot-wise that's going on in the Joker movie, yeah, to see Joker actually interact with Batman is... Like, you need that, kind of. I'm Oh, no, I shouldn't say you need that, but it's greatly appreciated yeah. when you have it. So, that's why I can't give Joaquin Phoenix Joker the edge. You asked me a question in pre-production mm. about this Joker... What was it? I was probably
1: gonna ask you it now, but go ahead. About how,
0: like how, or could I see it being like applied to the the Batman movie?
1: Yeah. So basically, seeing that there's gonna be a standalone Batman film that has nothing to do with the DCU, so the you know DC comic or the movie universe. So, for example, Suicide Squad and all that shit falls into that. Batman. Oh, it well, was
0: y- Yeah, this nah, not nah, nah. no hell nah. Like don't they can't even be mentioned in the same sentence. Yeah,
1: now, now I don't see the next Batman film having the Joker in it, but let's just say that the standalone Batman film is very grounded in the way that this one This one is. Very grounded,
0: very realistic.
1: Which I heard it's supposedly is gonna be like a neo noir type mm-hmm. of film.
0: Yeah, I heard it's gonna be pretty grounded,
1: which is pretty badass. Cause like that, that's like some Batman Year One type shit. But let's say that was a very good standalone Batman film. Do you see like a future where those two characters merge, Joaquin Phoenix and what is it, Robert Pattinson's yeah. uh, Batman?
0: In in the comic world, the comic book perspective, the nerd in me, the geek in me. Yeah, I could see that happening, but that's where it stops in the real world. No, I don't think that'll happen. I think Warner Brothers will definitely make Matt Reeves put something in there that like you can maybe one day connect them. Maybe something small. Yeah. yeah. Just like, just like I I was watching this uh, Joker review from uh, uh, Jeremy Jans. He's a pretty good film critic. And, uh, he has this theory about a scene in Joker that was, he doesn't know if it was a reshoot, but he said that he doesn't think that that was, like, in the original version of the movie, but he thinks it was put in there to, like, create some level of, like, connection, a possibility of a connection down the road. Okay. So maybe i think warner brothers will will want something like that uh but no i don't think just because i don't see joaquin phoenix like wanting well actually he i think he has vocalized that he doesn't want to be part of a franchise like that's just not his thing and like we were talking about in pre-production there's just certain actors that are too much of an artist to do that like your dicaprios i feel like brad pitt is kind of like that like uh, no i'm good like i like You know, I like doing my art, doing my stuff and then keeping it moving. Um, So I completely agree. So in the real world, no, I don't see that. But I do think obviously Warner Brothers would like for there to be an opening for that. But if we let our imaginations run a little bit wild, I was talking to somebody at work about this and they actually thought that it, it was a good and cool idea. Because the Joker has been so successful, what I would do if I was Warner Brothers is... Because they got this Birds of Prey movie coming out. Like, just like let that do whatever it's going to do. It's a cash grab or whatever. And then like you could let the DCEU die after that. Like, you really can. Because if anything, I think that Joker showed you that people still really do care about these characters. They just want them done right. So you could let that garbage die. Just let it fucking die or whatever, get whatever money you're going to get from it and, you know, sell the Harley Quinn Halloween costumes and all that shit and, yeah. and the toys and, and then that's it. But this, you can get all of that plus greatness with this because yeah. I'm sure there's going to be King Phoenix Joker toys and like all of that. So you yeah. can have the greatness of it and like yeah. the merchandise. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people this Halloween dressed up like that version of the Joker. Yeah. So you
1: think you, it'll be... you? you Do you think that it'll be embraced, like for example, like a Heath Ledger Joker? Because like the fact that it was PG-13, like the Dark Knight, and this one was a lot darker in the sense that it it shows, like like I didn't didn't look at this film as a family film, as I would like, I think the Dark Knight trilogy does fall under like, oh, let me take my kids. You know, PG-13, it's still
0: somewhat, yeah, but Deadpool is rated R, and that's and that sells toys. That yeah. has a huge, a huge embrace. That's true, but I
1: wouldn't compare
0: J- the,
1: or I wouldn't pa- compare
0: Joker with Deadpool. How the Deadpool was way more violent than Joker. It was more violent, not but, darker. Yeah. but it was it was a way more violent movie.
1: I I completely agree, but I think Joker was a lot more of a serious movie. You see what I'm saying? Like even the way they some of the trailers just sure, said there's was, no Batman don't take your kids type shit.
0: Sure, it was a more serious movie, but there. I mean, look at like how the audience has responded to it. Like I, I can't imagine it not being something that, that is isn't fully embraced and just and remember also just because a movie is rated r doesn't mean kids can't see it they just can't see it without an adult without an adult you yeah. know what i'm saying like she, i did
1: see taxi driver right, as a kid that's what
0: i'm saying you i saw scarface <laughs> like you and i saw all kind of rated r movies when we were young and without adults like you know what i'm saying there was that's no, why we're fucking then. <laughs> like <laughs> there's no adult supervision so no I, I definitely see it being embraced to what degree like the same degree but yeah. what i'm saying is I I, I do think it's going to be embraced. But what I would do if I was Warner Brothers is after all that shit dies, I would have the DC Comics universe have, at least at first, it's one main staple, which obviously should be the Batman because he's time-tested and proven, have the Batman yes you can make that into a franchise but look at it like the dark knight like the dark knight trilogy like do it good do it serious have good writers have good actors have a good director if down the road you want to like build and maybe connect some stuff take your time and do it right don't do the shit show that you did with the dceu if if you want to do that but what i think is presented with joker and i like the possibilities of what I'm about to say way more than than tying this Joker into anything else that they're working on. Is like a DC Comics anthology line. So for instance, the Joker. That was like how you said it after the movie ended. Like there's a one show pony. Boom. The Joker over and done with. Yeah. Now let's see what a Red Hood movie is. Just one Red Hood movie. Like yeah so like now do it but do it right so the action sequences do them like on some john wick shit get a good director a good actor but it's like an anthology boom that's it that's a one thing like you don't have to worry about tying it to anything else or anything like that then maybe like another villain or like a nightwing movie like i feel like this presents like a a, a, a slew of great opportunities. Alex
1: Luther movie, a Lex that. Luther
0: movie, exactly. Ah, like yeah. you can have all kind of political shit going on. Like I could see a Lex Luther movie being something along the lines of like uh Wolf of Wall Street meets the social network, like yeah. some really sophisticated type, you know what I'm saying? That's but that's yeah. my point. Yeah. And like you have the right idea something where it's just like these these one and done movies where like you just put a lot of good good uh maybe not even a lot of resources because from what i understand they didn't spend a lot of money on this movie no so so maybe not financial resources but resources in the sense of like just good creative people to like helm these these projects i think you're sitting on something really really
1: awesome at that point you know what ru- always ruins it sometimes is well not sometimes most of the time is the money So I can already see there being ones that are like, oh, well, fuck it. You know, this is good. We're really taking these movies serious and then other ones that are pointing at Marvel. But Marvel and DC are completely different beasts. Marvel has always been the lighthearted version of DC. Yeah. So to me, it's like, you should lean on it the way that you're saying,
0: which is let's take these serious because it is DC. But but also the like the money thing. I think if you do have a staple franchise like the Batman, you'll make your money. That's what I'm saying. Like, Joker made. Well, we just talked about how it's Joker and right, it's but, dark. But like, but I, I I I I thought you were referencing the money in terms of like a blockbuster, like what the yeah. Batman is gonna be. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like yeah, I get you wanting to do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. Do that, just do it right. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you decide to like, you know, pick up Superman again or fucking Martian Manhunter, like you, there's opportunities. You just yeah. gotta do the shit right. Because I mean, God damn it, the DCU is fucking awful. I just yeah, can't say is. that enough.
1: And, and and you know you could do it because like, how serious was this movie? Uh, the the Batman versus Superman, the the Dark Knight like the, the the animated series oh, the the dark
0: knight returns mhm
1: that shit was way better than the movies
0: <laughs> yeah way better than well the, better than the DCEU movies
1: DCEU movies yeah like not
0: the dark knight trilogy
1: no but st- i'm i was just like so shocked at how good these movies were and like imagine if they would have just done that you know yeah and if it could be done animated and it was such a serious subject matter and yet done right, they could have done that, but they went with Snyder. So I knew everything was
0: fucked. <laughs> but 100%. Yeah, so I guess uh, we'll see. Moving on, El Camino, another movie that I'm very excited about. Good Lord. It comes out in a few days. When does it come out? The 11th. So, Friday it comes out. Yeah. Um, We're both fans of Breaking Bad. Yep. Both trailers look awesome. The teaser trailer, the actual trailer. What are your thoughts going into the movie? The
1: teaser did not prepare me for the actual trailer. No, not at all. Yeah. (laughs) The teaser was like, damn. The actual trailer was like, oh, shit. This is some cinematic stuff. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I hope. Obviously, part of me wants Walt to be alive, but I hope that he kind of. And there's good reasoning behind this, too. I hope that he's dead. And the reason why is because there's no better finale than the Breaking Bad finale the way it it ended. Yeah. It It was a beautiful thing. And it's like, I don't want that touched or if he's alive it kind of gives it a different you know what i'm saying i don't know it it takes away a little bit from it and 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 based off of the teaser because in the teaser he uh jesse pinkman he's in in the el camino the, the car or the truck um and on the radio they're talking about oh there's eight people uh, or uh, was it eight people or nine people dead or whatever so i went actually naturally went back to uh the last episode of breaking bad and then i watched the scene in which the the situation happened in case for those who haven't watched it i should be able to spoil it cuz it's really old but mm-hmm. i won't and and then i verified that it was the number yeah so Oh man, by all accounts, yeah, yeah. So by all accounts, it looks like Walt is 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 gone. But that le- that does leave like the movie kind of focused on Jesse Pinkman, and it kind of it kind of seems like he's like on the run. Yeah, and and
0: trying to on the run, but at the same time trying to get something done. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it definitely has me intrigued, and 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 from the actual trailer, man it's Gilligan, he really like yeah i'm very excited he had a budget this time yeah you know like you and, could tell and, the difference
0: yeah and if you remember in breaking bad he wasn't just a creator and the writer of the show he directed some of the most memorable episodes of that show so yeah. he definitely has directing chops so you yeah, you're I mean, obviously very excited to see what a guy like that can do with what you already know is great writing but with a budget. Yeah. Like man, like that that's going to be pretty pretty decent I think. Um So I remember last week there was something I wanted to talk about Breaking Bad. We didn't have enough time. Plus we were like, well this is closer to the El Camino movie coming out this week would be better to talk about it. And then when I told you what it was, you were like, "Damn, we should try to get that done." But yeah. we were busy and like we we do a lot and I just did not have the time to do it. I still I'm going to write this eventually, but as for right now, I just want to talk about something that like I've been working on about Breaking Bad and like a segment of of that. So, for the longest time, like I've had this notion of writing about breaking bad from the perspective of an entrepreneur because while there's a lot of really really great video essays online about breaking bad the one thing that i never really see is them explore the entrepreneurship of that show which there is a lot of it like not just walt but gus fring and and several different characters granted Yes, are they selling drugs? Yes, are they doing illegal stuff? Yes, but if you remove that small aspect, and I say small because in the grand scheme of things, the show is very, 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 very little about selling drugs. Yeah. It's really about like so much more than that. A lot more philosophy to it. Uh, there's a whole lot of philosophy to it. You see that... These guys, especially Walt and Gus Fring, they really have what's required for success. Gus operated a certain way for the better part of his life. Walt didn't. Walt kind of was backed into a corner and then was forced to operate a certain way until the end of his life. Um and I think the the main driving force to the greatness of both of these characters was their entrepreneurship. In fact, another great character, Saul. Saul Goodman had a lot of entrepreneurship and a lot of entrepreneur mentality. and like this idea of 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 betterment for for you and your family, bettering your circumstance and stuff like that. So this thing that I'm working on, thus far the title of it is called Why Breaking Bad? is good for the soul. And I mean, that's the running title right now. But also the thing, the uh, segment of that that I wanted to talk about, and I think is very important, only because it ties into the, there's a lot of philosophy to it, but it ties into the actual entrepreneur philosophy of of the show is wage slavery. And you see at the beginning of the show walt is a wage slave and so for anybody that doesn't really know what a wage slave is i mean i think it's pretty self-explanatory but a wage slave is essentially when you're you're like you you, you slave away so like you you to make money for for whatever reason it is and like at the at the cost of working actual hours versus it being like passive income or investments You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, you work a certain amount of hours to get paid a certain amount for those hours, and then like you get money. And so that's what Walt is. He's a teacher in the daytime, and in the afternoons and the evenings, he works at a car wash. And you see in the very first episode that it's sort of, I don't know if you want to call it an injustice, because this is partly based off of the decisions that he made, but it's a thing that it doesn't strike you as very fair where it's like he's in class. He's doing his thing. He's very passionate about chemistry, but obviously the students in the classroom are not. They really don't care about it. The ones that are halfway interested, they're only faking their interest to pass the class. And then you you actually see one of the classmates or one of the, the, the students uh, getting his car washed later on that evening And Walt is washing his car and like, they're like laughing at him, recording him like, oh man, you wouldn't believe who you see here at the car wash. It's, it's Mr. White. And like, they're laughing at him and it's like, damn, like what an unfair thing. Like this dude is doing all of this for his family and like, look at how these kids are treating him. Like, like I would never even in a million years think of treating somebody like that. Like, oh, look at this motherfucker washing my car, you know, like this is some fucked up shit. So you have all of that. You ha- you have this guy that that's struggling, obviously like he's struggling to make ends meet because but he has he has a a, a part-time job. So like things are not that good because uh, if they were you wouldn't need that job. So you have that and then you top it all off with, "Hey, you're diagnosed with cancer."
1: Yeah.
0: It's such a it- it's such a bomb being dropped. And then what happens is in this moment where he's back again, his back is against the wall and he realized he's on a truncated timetable to live and actually leave something for his family. He's like, All right, I got to do, I got to make a change. I got to do something. And then, and then like the story, the story commences. And it makes you wonder and see how important it is to kind of adopt what walt developed into earlier in life like not wait till your back is against the wall to adopt that mentality and that's where later on in the show gus comes in because you see that gus never went that route gus was the guy that he was more like us Nah, from jump street i'm gonna be this way yeah and if you look at the reason why these men are the way they are It's because their backs were against the wall. Like, because you you get to see, like, some of the stuff that popped off with Gus later on in the show in his early life in a flashback. Yeah, yep. And, like, these are men. And I think that's where a lot of, like, entrepreneurship comes from is, like, they realize, like, what the world is. And, like, there's times that the world is going to corner you. And you should always be working to not get put in one of those corners. Yeah. And... I I think that's that's pretty badass. I don't obviously I don't think the El Camino movie will have any of that cuz these two characters won't be in that movie, but you know I felt it was something worth talking about because it's you know, it's in relation to Breaking Bad and the movie's coming out.
1: And and you know the sad part is throughout the show it's revealed what type of potential Walt had. You know?
0: Oh, yes. Like, I don't want to say too much because I well, know the, the race movie... the grace period for Breaking Bad has passed. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's you know true. Yeah, the, the El Camino, uh, no. that's coming <laughs> out. But, I mean, Breaking Bad, like, if you haven't seen it, like...
1: You're a lost soul. But, yeah, like, yeah. Throughout the movie, it, it shows his potential was billion-dollar company. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, not to mention he had... He was the brains of the organization which which is sad because potential is just not enough. It takes so much more and so many decisions that must be made to get to that position you know like yeah what type of sacrifice do you need to be on that level and and uh, obviously, you see that. You see what what he wasn't willing to do, and what what at the he was. Time, will, yeah, at the yeah. time, like when he was young, and how that kind of snowballed into you know, this crazy, basically existential crisis.
0: I have cancer. I have nothing to show for anything. Well, even when they buy the RV, and he gives he gives Jesse the money to go get the RV. Yeah. He goes to, to his bank and he tells Jesse, he's like, this is all, it's like $7,000. <laughs> and he's like, this is all the money that I have in the world. Yeah. And like, you feel for him because like, and obviously Brian Cranston and his excellent performance. But, but it's just like, it's just like, damn, like this dude has worked for his family, like all this time. And it's never, it was never about him. It was never about, like, he just gave and gave and gave and gave and gave. And then when Heisenberg was born, it was like, no, well, like, yes, I want to leave something for my family, but I'm operating in a mode where this shit is about me. Yeah. And that's where I love, I love that scene, it's towards the, 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 the latter half of the show where he's like, well, I was never in the making money business, he's like. I'm in the empire business. Yeah. And I thought that there was something to be said about that. This notion that he got past the point of, well, this is about money. No, this was about me realizing my potential. Yeah. Like, and I always put that aside for everybody else and everybody else always underestimated me, always dismissed me. Cause even, even in the first episode of the show, you see how Hank talks to him. He's like, yeah, if you want to, uh, if you want to ride along, and I think there's something very telling about that that dialogue right there. Hank is like, "Well, if you ever want to come for a ride along, you know you're more than welcome. <laughs> get some excitement in your life."
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? And then he's like, "Oh yeah, like it's like always like he was always like the la- like the laughing stock almost." Yep. And then it's like, all right. Well, for like we we gonna get some excitement, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, the, and the rest was history. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's 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 something that that when you look at it as a whole again like you said take the drug out of it take the drug selling aspect of it and then just look at it as a philosophy don't be hank you know like don't let something crazy happen for for you to
0: wake up you know oh you mean don't be walt yeah oh did I say hank yeah. walt yeah don't, well, don't, be, be, walt. Hank yeah, don't, don't be hank either don't don't be so dismissive of people no and, and you know what I'm saying? Cause Not that Hank treated Walt bad. He cared for him, but he was dismissive of him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then there was little nuances in in a lot of the characters that were, were very unappreciative of Walt. Yeah. You know, that I was even, like... Even
0: his son, like, there were times where his son was like, damn, like, dude, that's your dad, you know? Yeah. And like, and, uh, and your dad's been down for you. I can see him, like, he wasn't in the picture, but like, dude has been writing for you and like you're gonna like treat and talk to him like th- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. like there's some uh unappreciative shit in there definitely.
1: Yeah. And and hypocrisy too. Yeah. Like like the whole I, I I I did like uh how Hank's wife was so critical of people and and so nosy and oh this is bad, this is this. Kind of judgmental and then she had a shoplifting problem. Yeah she's a kleptomaniac. Yeah it's like well you you should turn you should turn everything kind of towards you and look at yourself and what you're doing wrong instead of being so judgmental of everybody else. I,
0: I think that was like if, if if certain characters in that show could represent like certain negative traits that a person shouldn't have, she represented like being boastful. Like being too prideful because I don't know if you remember, but it was like the f- third or fourth episode before the end of the show, yeah. where I thought this was some foul-ass shit. When when Hank finally catches up to Walt and like everything is revealed and like they're out there in the desert and and Hank and his partner and Jesse, they're well not Jesse he's not law enforcement but Hank and his partner they're about they're, they they act well they actually arrest Walt and they have yeah. him in cuffs and everything. Hank is gonna take him and like the, his partner Gomez is like uh, uh he's like oh who should do the honors and he's the Gomez is like, oh man this is yours you do it and like he's reading him his rights he's like real boastful about it like dude, this is your brother-in-law like and you guys shared memories together like I get that you want him off the streets this is your job and all of that but like you're gonna be so like proud of this moment yeah but then what's even more wild, and I think this is like very, very interesting and shows the genius writing of Vince Gigan. When before Hank is, is going to leave with Walt, he calls his wife and he tells her, I got him, baby, this and that. Like, it's going to be a long day at the office, but I just want you to know I love you. I got him. I got him. Like, like he's so, he's so proud of this. Yeah. And then she goes to Skylar, which is her sister and, it's, and, and like, she on some, like, evil ass shit tells her, you need to tell your son what his father was doing. And Skylar was, like, pretty much begging her, like, please, like, no matter what happens, I don't want them to know this. Yeah. And as, her, as a mom, that's her call, not yours. And she's yeah. like, if you don't tell him, I'm going to tell him because Hank Haswalt, he has him dead to rights, this, this, and that. And, like, all the while, like, bitch, you don't even know your husband's about to get killed. Yeah. Like, because, dude... Walt, like, was always one step ahead of everybody. Yeah, like, yeah. actually, five steps ahead of everybody. The yeah. most he was ever was maybe one step ahead, but he was always ahead of you. Yeah. Like, you never I mean, have he beat Gus Fring. Yeah, for God's you sake. exactly. Like, you never have dude cornered. He. Yeah, and that's the thing that I always like I liked about Walt and Nucky Thompson is yeah. they both had that. Like, I'm yeah, I'm always a step ahead of you. Angles, I got him. Yeah, which angle will I come from? Yeah, You will and, never know. And and and, and like. It's crazy because she's so like boastful and arrogant in that moment, and then, like her husband uh, she meets his demise
1: me, she reminded me of that single drunk aunt. yeah <laughs> that that always has some dumb ass shit that no one cares to hear, yeah, and it's always it's always rippled with like fucking I don't know insecurities and yeah. shit that you have like that's what she reminded me of, and uh yeah she was she was way wrong and and I mean. It's just little nuances because like at that point, think of yourself in a situation like that as Hank. Like, I'd actually be heartbroken to be of honest. Of course. Like, yeah,
0: like if that was one of one of our friends that we had like Yeah.
1: The fact that I have to arrest you and I have to do what's right, but then you know but for you it was always, Oh, I won. I yeah. well this has nothing to do with that. This is some heartbreaking shit. Yeah. Like this is fucked up. I didn't want to do this. Yeah. You know? And and I mean, you you see those things, and those are the things that sometimes people don't even pick up on, you know? Uh, And and like you said, the brilliance of of Vince Gilligan, like writing those little things where you kind of look at it as a character
0: study of different people, you know? Yeah, 100%. And even in the end, Walt was still more noble than Hank because he was willing to give up his whole fortune for his life. Yep. And and obviously it didn't work out, but it was just one of those things where it's like, damn, you were just foul as fuck with dude, and he's still willing to give everything because, he ever wanted. Because a for. lot of motherfuckers have been like, damn, you were foul as fuck, man. Blast dude. Fuck that. Like yeah. get me out of these cuffs. But but like yeah. he was still willing, you know, to 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 barter for your life. Shit it was crazy. And then I love at the end in the last episode where he's telling Skyler, he's like I just want you to know that everything I did and she's, she interrupts him. She's like, if I have to hear it was for this family one more time. He's like, no, he's like, it was for me. He's like, yeah. I was good at it. And you, you realize then she looks at him all shocked. Yeah. And, and it was, and you realize how, like what it is for a, for a man to like, sure. Have your family do, you know, be a good person, like do what you got to do but real to like realize your potential like what it does you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah I, I think i think uh there's a lot to be said about that
1: yeah great show
0: and, and i think that's where we'll leave this episode for this week thank you guys so much for listening the show does continue to grow oh shit we didn't go over our our reflections oh, since our oh. birthdays just passed real quick what's because we got to end it and I, what what's something that, that you've learned in the last year I, I i already have what i learned
1: that i've learned man i feel like i learned every damn day um i guess the biggest the biggest thing is like how it all comes together like a culmination of of years and years and years and years and years it's like this year was like damn this was all for for like a something yeah bigger and i felt like this year everything kind of just happened naturally i don't yeah. know i don't know it, it was very weird like you don't really it was one of those years where you look back and and you think about like when you were like lost and like the future seemed uncertain and and like you didn't know what direction you were going to go you weren't quite sure what you want what you wanted to do who you wanted to be what people were going to be around you yeah and 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 like i could say that even in some of the opportunities that have arisen or that you've brought up it almost became kind of like this trust yeah within who you are yeah and like the and like like the faith that you had where like it, it almost isn't even surprising more so like damn the mission has begun type type yeah. thing. So, I don't know. It, it did feel very weird. This year was...
0: I should have never doubted yeah, that type of shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like a real
0: peaceful, like, let's do this. I would say what I learned, just real briefly, is that there's great social and spiritual value in being a dynamic individual in the sense of Not like, oh, I'm jumping off of buildings or anything like that. Dynamic in the sense of being always studious of, you know, gaining knowledge, always trying to grow and better yourself. It kind of ties into what you're saying. Like you do realize that it all comes together at some point. You don't like necessarily know why you're doing it, but you're just driven to do it. And you realize as time goes on, you're able to talk about different things yeah. Like at a wide range from politics to 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 philosophy to social issues, cultural issues and in depth and people look to you and you see like it starts to definitely mean something in you know and and there's like great potential in that and and it does equate to something great socially and spiritually. And yeah, that I would say that's that's the One of the biggest things that I've learned this year. Well, now, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show does continue to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Share these episodes. If we talk about anything that you know somebody will be interested in, please share with them on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, and Stitcher. Follow us at Hanging With Apes on Twitter. We're out. Peace. Peace.